Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Dads on the Fly podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Caleb, and I will be joined by my brother here in just a few moments. As we continue this week in our God series, we are interviewing uh, some local fly shop owners and fly fishing guides and just getting a lot of insight and a lot of information, which we hope is going to help you be a better angler and maybe even be a better dad. So as we continue in this series tonight, uh, we're interviewing Mr. Max Beck, the owner and fly guide with Due South Outfitters in Boone, North Carolina. And so we cannot wait for you to hear that conversation. We think it's going to be super insightful and hopefully give you a lot more knowledge when it comes to fly fishing, especially here in Western North Carolina. A really great conversation. Stick around to the end of the conversation as Joshua and I kind of break down some of the questions that we asked him and uh, some of the insight that we gain from this conversation as well. Again, thanks to everyone who continues to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Those continue to help get the word out about this podcast, and we cannot thank you enough for those. So without further ado, let's dive into our conversation with fly shop owner, Max Beck. on the fly tonight with max beck and max is the make sure i say this right the what we say co-owner after we just met your wife right so yeah yeah so, let's say co-owner of due south outfitters correct mm-hmm. yep located in the wonderful town of boone north carolina that's all right yes sir and <laughs> i would like to just say lo- for- hang on you got a location you got another location uh no we just have uh, one location they have the one, one location, location. it's okay i don't know the address but i know it's right beside the ingles as mm-hmm. you come into boone correct max yep yep yeah, same place it always has been so yep. I, i'm just so thank you for having us having for being here with us tonight man because i first found out about the shop um before you owned it we can tell that story here in a minute but i was on a uh i was on a weekend with my wife my wife a little weekend trip we were up there in march and uh, we were at uh, one of our favorite bed and breakfasts, the Mass Farm Inn. You may be familiar with that. Yeah, right, right down there, the road from my right house. across from the DH water there on, uh, on the yep. Watauga. Yep. And, uh, and so she was going to sleep in one morning, and I woke up early and uh, was looking for a fly shop uh, to kind of tell me where to go catch some wild fish. And I met the former owner, Pat- Patrick. Yep. Is that his name? Patrick. He wasn't in the shop that day. Meredith was. And mm-hmm. I got to meet Meredith, and she put me on. Um, this little kind of, it's like this creek that runs through a pasture out toward their house where it used to be. You probably know what I'm talking about. It's like, it's like right in the middle of this field. You just drive out there and there's a barn and you just walk and this creek runs right through the middle of like this open fields. Okay. We won't, we won't burn the spot or anything, but I'm just right. saying like it, it was pretty awesome and I caught wild fish. And so that's how I got turned on to do South. And I, uh, I go there every year when we're on vacation, we come up to Banner Elk every year on vacation. Mm-hmm. So we come check out the shop and, uh, so tell us a little bit about how you came into ownership of do South outfitters. Okay. So, um, I, I was hired by Patrick and Meredith as a freshman in college, um, started, you know, I, I wasn't completely full time, but all through college, I would guide, you know, over a hundred days a year, um, and kind of got introduced to guiding and, um, I really fell in love with it. Um, I really, it's, it's a great job. I love it so much. Um, but then, you know, life events happened. Patrick and Meredith had a kid. Um, 
and guiding is a hard lifestyle with a kid. Ultimately, you know, you're up and gone a lot. Um, and they had an opportunity. Patrick's family, um, were pretty significant home builders in the Pinehurst area. And him and his dad kind of were going to rekindle their family building business. So with the, those two things coming together, having a kid and just an opportunity to go home and work with your family, they ultimately decided to sell um, fly shop. Well, thankfully I had my lovely wife and, you know, we were kind of their first people to offer it to just because we were in a situation to where we could handle it. Um, like I, you know, we, we had the power of two basically. So we had me, how long have you been married? Uh, we've been married for a year and three months, I guess. That was was beautiful that you threw lovely in, in front of that. You're, you're doing well already, man. Look at you. I've been learning. I've learned hard. (laughs) I've been married 14 years. Married What what have you been married? 10 in May. 10. So we, we, we can help you out in that department. Yeah. I've learned some lessons quickly, but, um, you know, we had the, means to be able to do it just because it it takes a very focused mindset to be able to do it. You really can't have just one person run that business. Um, because we tried it for a little while. We, you know, she was working, um, doing marketing for a car, a big car dealership in Charlotte. And I was running the guide trips and we were, um, meeting up in the afternoons after she got off work and trying to do all the day-to-day stuff from six o'clock to midnight. And that was, that lasted about three or four months. And then I think it was in September, October, you know, I kind of hit my breaking point one morning. I went to work and I called her and I, on my way to work, I said, I can't do this anymore. I said, would you mind quitting your job down there so that we can actually invest in this and do with it what we intended to do with it. Because the track we were on, you know, we weren't going to get out of the business what we wanted to, you know, we weren't going to achieve our goals just because there wasn't enough time in the day um, to get all that stuff done. So luckily, you know, and she's such a good woman. She said, yep, I'll, put my two weeks notice in today and she just went full throttle into running a, you know, running a guide service and she's done an amazing job. So that's awesome, man. I think it's great that, you know, you guys, we talked to another fly shop owner um, on our first episode in our guide series uh, just about, you know, I'm sure it was tough, small business, COVID, everything kind of went crazy for a while. And Mm -hmm. uh, so it's great that we can see you guys still, uh, we follow you on Instagram and, um, you know, it was something I want to talk about later on in the episode is about something you got coming up. But uh, let's talk a little bit just about the shop in general. I know you guys uh, are right there in Boone. Uh, I'll just be honest with you. I went to uh, – it's the only shop I use in Boone, man. You're my go-to shop when I'm up there in the high country. So I think you guys do a great job. Uh, you got some uh, – bought some shirts in there before. Um, also, uh, you got a great fly selection. You got some uh, some rods and packs and all that good stuff. So you want to just talk about anything you got maybe new this year or – just your same stuff or yeah you know we're always um trying to expand naturally you know natural growth is a good thing so we um we're gonna introduce a couple new brands i'm sure you guys are familiar with pesca huerta 
you guys heard of them, you know, they do like the Grateful Dead logo oh, yeah, yeah. Um, apparel. Yeah. Pat, uh, he, he's a great guy um, who he, he who owns that company. And so we're going to be introducing that um, as far as rods and reels go, you know, we're pretty tapped out just because we've got pretty much all the major brands other than Orvis. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're going to add more fly tying if you can believe it. Um, we're going to cram more of that stuff in there. And, um, probably the biggest thing for us this year is going to have, is have a big selection of like do South branded apparel. So instead of just having like one or two different shirts, you know, we're probably going to be carrying eight different designs. I've got a, Um, uh, AFTO do South shirt that I, that I love that I fish in a lot. Yeah, and uh, you got that's one thing I I did like about your shop. You you always you had all that stuff. You carried the FTO. I'm a big fan of that stuff, and uh, mm-hmm. you had that when I was in there. So um, yeah, awesome man. So let's talk a little bit about fishing. I know you're in the winter months, so maybe not as fishing as much right now. But right. Uh, you know, we got some listeners that go up to Boone and they vacation, or th- some of them that listen that are closer to that area. So let's talk about just kind of. Where do you guys fish? I mean, you know, I know you do some float trips also, some way trips. You do both options yep. up there in that area. Yep. So yep. give We're, us a little rundown, just a quick kind of rundown if you can. Yeah. So um, this time of year, we focus more on tailwater fishing um, just because that water is the consistent temperature. Um, so you're going to have a little bit more consistent bug life. Those fish are going to be a little more... Uh, I, what's a good way to say it? They're not quite, they're in a pretty normal um, situation year round. Whereas our fish in Boone right now, um, you know, the local creeks are freezing because it's been so cold. So like the Watauga river had ice chunks floating down it the other day. So you're dealing with water that is going to be, you know, close to, air temperature in some parts, you know, where it's, it's going to be, it's just cold. So, um, those fish are laying really low. Um, I had one of my guides go local fish the other day and he said it, he struggled a little bit to pick up some fish, but, um, you know, as these days start to get a little bit warmer, um, as we start maybe creeping up into the fifties and sixties and stuff like that, when we're getting some warm, sunny days, you know, you're going to start seeing that local fishing get a whole lot better. Um, cause just a little bit of water temperature or as, as the water temperature just goes up a little bit, you know, those fish are going to look to feed and they're going to be a little more active than they are right now. So, and I, your tailwater fishing, I'm assuming you're driving over to, uh, East Tennessee. Is that correct? You guys do yep. a lot of trips over there. Yep. Primarily, uh, we, our guide service runs about half and half. So we've got seven guides. We've got three who are full-time float guides. That's what they do for a job day in and day out. Um, and then we've got another four guys who are, um, running some local trips and such. So, yeah. Sweet, man. So when you're not guiding and how often do you have to do that? Are you guiding Um, a bit? I I'm guiding somewhere between 180 to 200 days a year. Wow. So you're guiding a lot. March to December. So, so when Max is not guiding, what, uh, what are you doing? Like what fishing are you, what's your go, like, what's your preference? If you can just go for a day with just you, um, redfish. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Where are you going to do that? Um, Ocean Isle beach. 
So my in-laws have a house um, right on Ocean Isle. Um, Macy and I j- just bought a little Maverick flat skiff. So we've got a skiff down there on, awesome. at the beach. So I go run around and I catch more trout than redfish. Yeah. Um, so I've found a few trout, still looking for some schooled up redfish, but that's kind of been my thing this winter. That bug bit me pretty hard. So Okay, we're gonna have uh, to we, chase this rabbit hole for a minute. Yeah, so let's say, let's go yeah, ahead and let's learn a little bit more about this. We want to learn a little bit because <laughs> we've never done that. So let's talk about eight weight, ten weight. What are what are you? Um, eight weights, eights okay. and nines. If it's windy, a nine weight. Um, but primarily eights. Yeah. And you're just. Uh, are I, you are you like are you polling and sight fishing or are you more looking in, for schooling or what are you looking for? In theory, you know, this time of year it, it gets tough because the fish school, the redfish school up. Um, yeah. whereas in the summer, you know, you can find them in creeks and kind of in ocean Isle specifically, it, it's a little more difficult than maybe somewhere like Wilmington or Charleston. Yeah. Um, because they've got big, like shallow mud flats there, like right off of the intercoastal waterway. Mm-hmm. So they're still finding schooled up fish or they are finding schooled up fish there. And, in Charleston, they're still, they're finding schools and they're finding some fish in the creeks, but ocean Isle is a little different. There's not many flats there. So it's a lot more river fishing. Um, and I think part of it is just, I haven't had enough time to really explore and find it yet. Yeah. Um, but just, I, I'm a Google maps nerd. So I'm, okay. I, I look at Google maps all the time and that's what we do for mountain streams. Yeah, that's baby. What, well, that's what he does. Yeah. yeah I mean, he's always got a Google map nerd blue lines and sending so, me screenshots and I got to figure out how to get there. Oh yeah. So <laughs> unfortunately I haven't found, you know, that flat yet where I can really pull to them and sight fish them, but um, hopefully I can find it here soon. But who would have thought we were interviewing a flash up owner from Boone and now we're talking about redfish and this is awesome. Uh, <laughs> I love it. So you got, what kind of fly just, one more question on that. What kind of flies are you after those um, guys with? I've got, I tie a lot of crabs, shrimp, and bait fish patterns. Okay. I, I like, you know, just as a little bit more R&D type stuff where I'm just, you know, trying to run into one and blind casting. I, I like throwing the bait fish a little bit more because you can, you know, pick up a trout or something like that on it too. Um, but you know, I've really, the only success I've had catching redfish on a fly has been, um, in Charleston this past year. Um, I fished the Charleston fly tournament put on by flood tide. I'm sure you guys have heard of flood tide. I'm familiar with Um, you. Yeah. So I fished a tournament down there, um, in October with one of my really, really good clients who's more so become a friend. And we went down there for the weekend and, um, had a pretty successful trip. So Sweet. it was fun. So you yep. got to really, I'm sure you have to really like cast that eight weight, right? Like we're not roll, we're not, it's we're not roll casting into, we're not roll casting into my blue lines. Right? What are you? No, you ain't, you ain't roll casting, but man, you really would be surprised at how close you can get to them sometimes. Really? Like sometimes you get almost so close to them where it's almost difficult because you feel handcuffed. Like you can't just let it fly. You know, you got, sometimes you got to make just a little short 25, 30 foot cast. Maybe and I can do it. It's just about getting it in the water quick. It's get it's getting them. It's getting the fly in front of them yeah. 
more than anything. It's, you know, landing the fly line on their back, you're pretty much done. Um, but if you can lead them by a couple feet and throw it a couple feet beyond them to strip through their field of vision, um, at least when we were there, you know, that was pretty successful. So maybe that is something, awesome. maybe that is something we can do. Yeah, Who knows? We, we might have to get in <laughs> some redfish. Uh, if, if, if you've never done it, don't do it because you're going to end up with a flat skiff like I did. <laughs> <laughs> we, we just, we just got we just bought a raft. Boat, so we're not oh, going to okay. try to, we're not going to hit our wives up for anything else. We right bought now. a, uh, <laughs> we bought a raft in December and uh, we actually did an episode on that right before uh, Christmas. And uh, nice. we've, we've only taken it out three times now we're trying to get it out some more um but uh Maybe we're, weekend. we're interested in coming up to uh, some of those east tennessee rivers you're talking about and uh, we've been talking to some guides around here so we might be hitting you up with for some information on that in the future yeah just uh, including stakeouts that kind of stuff yeah good deal so um go back to boone though so you know let's just say we're dads on the fly we got a lot of dads that listen to us we got a lot of families um that we reach mm-hmm. out that kind of you know our listeners so maybe they're coming up on vacation maybe they're just up in boone for the weekend uh, definitely want to check you out, but what are some options for fishing just kind of right there in Boone? You don't have to say stream names, just kind of, you know, you can do way trips with them half days, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty much, that's the trip that we recommend for, um, families and or beginners, you know, people who are interested in learning the sport of fly fishing, the wade trip is really, um, beneficial for them just because you get so much hands-on um instruction that way because we're right there in your pocket you know we can critique things a little bit quicker and easier than we can when we're on a drift boat and you know we're rowing through rapids and it can you know some sometimes that type of stuff can kind of go over our heads when we've got a hundred different things going on as far as keeping the boat going and all that jazz um but uh, the main reason we like families and beginners to do a wade trip is because we are a guide service that only operates on public access rivers. Um, so basically what that means is anywhere we take you, um, you know, if we find success that day, they could go back the next day and replicate what we did. Um, so we don't like to, and or really believe in um, taking you to a private section of river, um, mo- mostly because you can't go back there. And it's, you know, that type of fishing is different than what you're going to find on a public access stream. Um, but also that can kind of taint your view of what real, what the real true Appalachian fly fishing is, you know. That's a great um, point, my man. Like we, we've been doing this now for, we were fly fishing for about 10 years and uh, we, you know, we got started late. I'm 37. So I didn't start fly fishing until I was, you know, w- he was well. there and didn't do it. Yeah. Can you, believe, I went still, to school in Appalachian for three years and that. didn't start fly fishing. I know I'm an idiot, but, uh, but yeah, it's a great point. Cause we're, we're big public water proponent. Like we, <laughs> we go to, when we live, we can be in the great Smoky mountains national park in 30 minutes. Wow. From our house. Awesome. <laughs> so, so we do. Where, a lot where of, are you guys located at? We live in Canton, which is just about oh, 15 minutes okay. west of Asheville. Yeah. 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 Okay. Gotcha. You know, we're real close to the Tuxegee in, uh, in yes. Silva, um, yes. which is a DH water, but, but we're huh. so close to like Catalucci Valley. We're there in no time. Okay. Uh, gotcha. You know, we, we can also be in, uh, you know, the Bryson City area of the park pretty quick and nice. things like that. So we awesome. do a lot of that kind of stuff. Gotcha. And, uh, 
you know, it's awesome what you're saying is you're trying to help people to understand, hey, you can go fishing with us on Monday of your vacation. And then on Wednesday of your vacation, if you want to go fishing again, go back to you know where to go. Like, you don't necessarily yeah. have to have. Yeah, it's a great point. Exactly. And, you know, we, we don't, I don't want to downplay, you know, some of those private stocked areas because, it, I mean, no, it's fun, right? Everybody. Yeah. Oh, we've done it. Yeah, we've yeah, done it. We've done it. Everybody likes to catch a big fish. Um, but, you know, we, we like to kind of l- learn people on that public access so that they really know what it truly is about. And, you know, what they can expect on a daily basis as far as going trout fishing on their own. That's a good point. That's cool. I think that's a really good, like, just plan for your guiding. That's good. Well, it's awesome for your business, too, that that's yeah. what y'all are promoting. And I think yeah. it's always kind of been that way, correct? Seems like yeah. That- yeah. No, we've never had access to any public or any you know, privately stocked, um, area. The only time we will, uh, we've ever taken a trip in a, in a private section of river is if we have a client who is a member of one of those and, gotcha. you know, they want to learn how to fish that, um, because that's what they have in their backyard. Cause you know? there are some clubs in, yeah, we know these clubs in yeah. that area. Oh, yeah. Being, being from yeah. Boone, I know what you're talking like, especially yeah. down on like down in Banner, like Banner Elk. And there's some clubs yeah. between the Linville Banner Elk area. It's kind yeah. of what we're thinking, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know yeah. what you're talking about for sure. So, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Um, So, before we transition into one thing I really want to talk about, and Caleb, don't let me forget anything. What did you say the uh, – you kind of said, you know, it was stressful there for a while when you're doing it without the help of your wife. What do you think the best part – we try to ask this question. Best part, worst part. I know best part's probably quit. You love your job. But, you know, there's obviously some struggles and things are difficult. And But what's the best part, worst part of being a fly shop owner, being a fly guide, man? Um, best part by far, we're so fortunate, um, that the crew of people we have are truly, um, some of our best friends. That's awesome. Um, what, you know, uh, two of the guys we have working for us in house were one of them was my best man. And one of them was a groomsman in my wedding. That's cool. That's sweet. So on a daily basis, I'm getting to go and hang out with some of my best friends and work alongside them, uh, which is really, really special. You know, I, I, I talk to people all the time who are disconnected from their friends and, you know, they don't get to see them as much. And I get to see mine every day. Um, and you know, it's, it is, it is fun getting to work with my wife, especially because we have such polar opposite jobs that it's not, yes, we work together, but, you know, we also have our separation where she does what she does during the day and I do what I do, but it's fun with your partner, so to speak, that, you know, you can see the growth of the business based off of the work that you've put in, um, which is really neat. Uh, the hardest part about it is the unknown. There is just, you don't, I mean, I've, I, I'd like to think that I'm going to have a boatload of trips come through the door this year, but ultimately you really never know. Um, we're very susceptible to, um, economic issues. Like if, you know, the economy crashes or something like that, people aren't going to stop eating. They're not going to stop buying gas or anything like that, but going on vacation and booking a fly fishing trip is probably going to be one of the first things they cut out. Right. Cause that's not a necessity. Let's hear us. Um, we might, we might make sure to fly fish and then eat. We would take care of our family first, but you know, that's right. <laughs> yeah. We, take, um, we make sure our, 
kids and wives were taken care of, then we'd make sure we yeah. fish, right? Yeah. <laughs> but right. I understand it. Yeah, for sure. Most um, people are not like us. <laughs> right. And then, you know, something like weather. Weather is um, difficult. If you have a just a terribly rainy year, um, and rain is a good thing, you know, we need rain to keep water levels up and all that. But if you get a terribly rainy year, you know, you can't expect people to go fish in a thunderstorm every day. You just can't, you know, I, and to be honest with you, I don't want to go fish in a thunderstorm. That's not fun. So, you know, the unknown of just what's going to happen is a little concerning. Sometimes you don't really know where your next paycheck is going to come from. You just hope that people call. Um, but luckily our business has set and con- it's been set for some time now. Um, so we have a really, really strong clientele of people who we can pretty much rely on every year that are going to be here. Just coming on vacations and stuff, just in the area. Yeah. You know, awesome. and we've, I, especially now I've been guided, this will be my sixth season of guiding coming up here um, starting in March, but you know, by now, now I'm on a daily basis, I'd say five out of seven days, I'm fishing with somebody who I've fished with before. That's amazing. That's That's awesome. Yeah. That shows you guys do a good job. Yeah. It's just, I think that one of the things that we have going for us is, um, attention to detail for one, but also, um, we prioritize having fun with people more than we do, um, catching fish, you know, of course we always want to catch fish. Right. But that is the one factor of a guide trip that we can't really control. So we prioritize one being kind and polite to people. Um, but also just having fun, you know, talking to them, you know, finding out what they like, you know, talking junk to them, you know, you know, maybe a little bit of smack here and there and people appreciate it. They really do, um, like to feel comfortable when you're in your boat. So if you can kind of jaw at them a little bit and, you know, maybe pick at them and have some fun and they can pick at you, you know, it can make a day where maybe you didn't catch as many fish as you want to, but you got, you had more fun than, you know, they ever would have expected to. So that sounds awesome, man. It's obviously you've done a great job as a guide for six years and, um, you know, there you are, recent college graduate. You took me to us. You're probably old enough. I could have taught you in middle school. Um, <laughs> so, because so, I've been teaching now for 14 years, so it seems like I could have anyway. And yeah. uh, so, uh, it's cool to see. For me, and I'm sure Caleb feels the same way. A young gentleman. We'll call you a gentleman. We don't know you that well. But we'll call you a gentleman anyway. Uh, just a young guy in the sport, man, and and being able to keep that shop rolling like uh, yeah. the former owners had. I think I think it's a testament. One to them to what they did to kind of set up that business, mm-hmm. and for two the way you guys are continuing. I think it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Which we've, uh, brings me to something I want to talk about that's coming up that I think sold out in what like thirty five seconds this year on your Instagram. Yeah, I mean, it, it was nuts. So let me tell you my story. So that weekend I was there, right? First time I ever found Due South. Mm-hmm. I'm a. Uh, I go in the shop and I'm like, hey, I'll fish DH water, I'll fish wild water, whatever. And uh, Meredith was like, well. DH water is going to be a little crowded today <laughs> because y'all were running, they were running the tournament. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of just sort of fascinated a little bit about one, how that all came about. And two, can you kind of go into how it works? Like what, it, can you kind of explain to people what it is? I know it sold out real quick this year and it's already a thing, but yeah. how does it work? How do y'all do it? I don't know. This I'm just, the, this is the do South 
classic, right? Is that what you yep. guys call it? Yeah. The yep. it's, a, it's a fishing tournament. It's a fishing tournament. Um, how it came about and what the whole um, point of the matter is, is we are struggling with public access in Boone. Yeah. Um, there are places every year that, um, you know, we used to fish that we can't fish now because people come in, they buy up land and, or they buy a house and they post the land around the river. And maybe well, where I was fishing that day is now no longer public. <laughs> so yeah. for all we know, the place I call fish that one day may now have posted sites. Yeah. Right. Um, and unfortunately, North Carolina, the landowner owns the river bottom, yeah. whereas places like Montana, everything's fair game below the uh, high water mark. Um, so we're seeing an increased um, amount of water being privatized. So ultimately, at the end of the at the end of the day, um, there's less water for us to work on, and there's less water for y'all to enjoy when you come up and fish. Um, you know, that really, that it's kind of a snowball effect because as you get less and less water, there's more and more pressure on the same stretches of water, which there in case makes, you know, the fishing tougher, you know, could bring down the health of the river. Um, so we, or Patrick and Meredith decided to start doing this tournament called the Do South Classic that raises money and raises awareness for public access issues. Um, so all the money that's raised with our tournament gets donated to a local um, cause, basically. So one of the main people that we like to donate to are the, is the North Carolina chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. And what they, you know, what they do with that money is they try to increase the amount of public land that is accessible for everybody real quick uh, since you're giving them a shout out for our listeners and for me do they have a way we can find out more about them they have a website or something Just yeah so. yeah um i'm pretty sure it's backcountryhuntersandanglers.com we'll try to find it put it in the show notes maybe on a, yeah for everybody i'm not 100 sure on you know the web page and all that but they're a great chapter they've got it's kind of like a trout unlimited thing where they have different chapter chapters around the state. Um, they have different chapters of the backcountry hunters and anglers around the state as well. Um, and they've got representatives for that, for those, um, different pods of people, I guess you could say. And it's pretty neat. Um, they normally will come up the representatives and be involved with the tournament. And, uh, you know, we get to, give them that check. And it's just kind of neat that, you know, we, we can see how much they appreciate, you know, what we're doing and that we are, um, having a net benefit on the whole issue going on right now. That's awesome. So explain kind of how the term, the format, we, you know, I went, I was there that day. I kind of, that's been five, six years ago. I just mm -hmm. kind of saw everybody, all these people. It was, it was really cool. Uh, but I didn't know, and I still don't really understand how the format works. Just kind of, I've never been fishing a trout tournament before. So hit us up. Yep. So basically what we do the day before we, um, the day before the tournament, we go out and, you know, we've done this enough years now where we have simplified it, but we have, uh, we go into the two rivers that we do our tournament on, which is Helton Creek and Big Horse Creek up in, uh, West Jefferson slash Lansing, North Carolina. Um, and we go in and basically divide the river into sections or, um, an another term for it would be beats. So, 
Uh, we have I'm pretty sure it's 10 beats per river. So um, we ultimately have about 30, we have 30 people compete in the tournament and uh, we divide those people into beats. So basically, you know, we have a individual class where it's just one guy fishing by himself. And we also have a teams class. Um, so basically how it works is we put all the beats into a hat and the teams come up and draw a number out of the hat. That's the beat that they fish that day. Um, or the, for the morning session, uh, how we have it set up. One of, one of the guys who works for us, um, used to fish a lot of those tournaments. So the teams fish the same beats that teams fish and the individuals fish the same beats that the individuals fish and why we do that. It's just a little bit more fair. Cause if you have a team come in behind an individual and fish a beat, you know, that individual is not going to have pressured those fish as much as a team does. Um, so basically they fish a two hour morning session and then they fish a two hour afternoon session and they're awarded a point per fish that they catch. And then, um, they can measure up to 10 fish, I believe, and is going to be worth more points than a 12 inch fish essentially. Um, and then, you know, whoever has the most points at the end of the day is the big winner. So that's pretty cool. When you, I guess you guys do prizes awards just kind of from the shop yeah, get stuff yeah well we, we get sponsors so one of the big sponsors for us uh this year is going to be hardy uh we're a pretty big we're a pretty big partner with hardy we like to do a lot with them and um their rep boone walker is f- fantastic um he re- he cares about us and he cares about what we're doing with that tournament um so he's, he's donating some really nice prizes this year for people, um, which is really neat. So, you know, that always adds some to the whole experience. If you've really got something to play for, you know, I think uh, it's an awesome idea. I don't, I don't know how, I mean, I think it's cool. It came about, I guess. And it, I guess legally anybody can do that on any public stretch of water. How, how does that work? Yeah, it's all, it's public access. You know, you are, um, we're kind of. Yeah. His radar is going off right now for like a dads of the fly tournament. Here we, we, we got some good DH water around here. I mean, he's, I, you know, yeah. he's going I would love to be able to give some money to some back country, back country angler things. And yeah. of course we don't have yeah. any sponsors, so we're away from that, but you it's, know, it's a really cool thing though, especially to do it, to raise money and awareness for, you know, public. Yeah. Access. That's really great. It, it It is man, because it's sad to see that, I've been here for five years and there's already stretches of river that I can't fish anymore. Wow. Um, stretches of river that I, I guess you could say grew up guiding on. Um, and to see those disappear is a little sad. So, um, but it's a cool thing. I think how long did it take this year for you to sell out your 30 spots? I was was on Instagram. It was like a minute or a minute (laughs) and a half. That's awesome. So I mean, obviously it's a cool event if it sells out in less than a minute. Well, yeah, you know, we, we've never had that last year. It took like two hours. Um, so it was cool that it sold out that fast, but at the same time, it's a little bit concerning because there were so many people who wanted to be involved with it. And then it was just over. Yeah. I told Caleb, I was like, Hey, maybe we'll, uh, maybe, maybe we'll see about doing it. And then maybe we could interview Max in person. And then like, that afternoon, I was like, well, I guess we'll just do a Zoom because yeah. <laughs> the, the tournament was full pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, it was. But, you know, that it brings to our attention that, you know, this tournament is 
getting bigger and growing in popularity. And if we had more public access water, I could make it bigger, Yeah, you know, but unfortunately with the way that our public access is set up right now, I, you know, I just, I couldn't run a tournament in West Jefferson and run another tournament in Boone 45 minutes away in the same day. Wow. So, um, yeah. All right, Max. Well, I just got, uh, I got one more thing. You got a couple, I got like one more question I just wanted to throw at you and then we'll, let you go and get ready to right now. You're probably taking it easy. Not having a guide tomorrow. Are you, are you got, guiding tomorrow? I got a few other, I got a few other questions. Caleb's got a few things he wants to I'll run at you. No, go ahead. Hey, you've been running. Yeah. No, keep I, going. I know. I just feel like the oh, boon okay. connection, good, man. It's yeah, like, man, you know, it's, it's there. there. So, it's uh, there. Why? Uh, we we kind of like to ask people this when we're talking to professionals in the industry, why fly fishing? Like did you start young age? What, what brought you to fly fishing? No. So, um, I had never fly fished until I was a junior in high school. Um, I grew up fishing. I was, I was born in Grand Rapids, Michigan, um, lived in an absolute sportsman's paradise. Um, my dad is a huge, huge angler. My grandpa is a huge angler, um, to the point where he keeps track of every pike he catches in a year. Like, um, he has a whole notepad system where he keeps track of every fish he catches. Um, so I truly grew up in a fishing family. Um, my dad would take me out of school to go ice fishing in the winter. Um, he worked third shift, um, for a chemical company, um, up there and he would come get me at like one or two in the afternoon when he woke up and we'd go, uh, we'd go ice fishing for a few hours and you know, that's just how I grew up Yeah, was fishing. That's all we did. And then when we moved, so we moved to Greensboro, North Carolina, and I'm going to be completely honest. I hate bass fishing. Okay. Hate yeah. it. I can't stand <laughs> right. it. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, fishing a pond with a worm and for a bass doesn't do it for me. So I was ultimately looking for an outlet of some other type of fishing to do because I was going crazy Mm -hmm. inside. You know, I just, I loved to fish. I grew up fishing and, you know, we were here in Greensboro and I couldn't stand bass fishing. So I started going to coming up to Boone with a buddy of mine from high school and we started learning how to fly fish. And, um, once I moved up here, the bug really bit me and, you know, pretty fortunately, I'm sure you guys have heard of Wildfly Productions. Scotty, you know, we he are was big a- fans of my man. Scott. I got to meet them once when I think it was during like one of the do in do South one weekend. I was up there okay. hanging out and actually met those guys before. Yeah. You know, so before what's happened has happened. <laughs> right. So Scotty was actually a freshman or he was in my freshman geology class. Sweet. And, um, we kind of met each other through that and, you know, he had got linked up with do South outfitters to make videos for them, you know, many, many moons ago. Well, I've seen and, all those videos. I yeah. know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So through that connection of, you know, Scotty being in my geology class, um, I got introduced to, um, Patrick and Meredith and they hired me to be a guide and I knew nothing about fly fishing. Really? Honestly, this is, this um, is interesting. That's really cool. But they hired me basically just on personality. 
Um, I can talk to a tree, you know, I, I really can. And from that, they knew that they could teach me how to fish, but they couldn't teach me how to talk to people. And I just, I fished and fished and fished and fished like all through, all through college, you know, he I was did what I should have done when I was in Appalachia. Yeah. See, I, yeah. I went he to was class. smarter than I am. <laughs> well, smarter, maybe dumber because I prioritized <laughs> fishing over college, but, um, I would stack all my school classes on a Tuesday or a Thursday or a Monday and a Wednesday. And I would fish five days a week and go to class two. Um, so that's kind of how I got into fly fishing. And yet, and you know, there's Scotty out there making all these big videos. I've never seen Max in one. I mean, what, what he's, I'm just messing. <laughs> I've, I've done one video with him, I think. Yeah. yeah. But, he's, he's big time, man. We love their stuff. We just got done watching the newest one. Yeah. I just watched the newest one like yesterday, last night, I think. The, okay. The new short nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Cool stuff. So, what else you got for him? Yeah. I, I just got to tell you, man, I'm, I'm impressed, dude. I mean, you straight out of college, running this fly shop, running this guide service. Um, yeah, I told you you were smarter than I was. There's, I would have that's pretty, found some I mean, way to mess that up. It's just pretty awesome. Um, what are you excited about for the future with New South and with what you guys got planned and where you're headed? Um, just natural growth. Yeah. Um, I want to see us, you know, making more videos. Um, just more social interaction with people. I'd, I'd say one of our biggest flaws is right now is we are so busy when it comes to the guiding side of things yeah. um, that we can lose sight of how important some of that social inter- interaction with people is, whether it's through videos or um, Instagram, stuff like that. So I think, you know, that's something that we can definitely improve on. Um, and I'm just excited to see us kind of take that leap a little bit and prioritize some of that stuff so that we can continue to grow and continue to, you know, be able to ensure that, you know, some of our full-time guides can continue making a full-time living, um, fishing. And so, yeah, it's something I'm kind of excited about. Um, just overall, you know, expanding a little bit, you know, I, one thing I'd really like to branch into in the future is doing some like destination trips for um, some of our, you know, really loyal customers um, who have been with us for years and they, you know, they treat us like family. I'd like to be able to, you know, set up trips to be able to take them places and do stuff like tarpon fishing sounds or like red, sounds like red fishing when he was on his boat, <laughs> red fishing and, you know, all that jazz. So it's just more so expanding to have a little bit more of a, an all-inclusive angling experience for some of our guests man we can't thank you enough for doing this for us um hanging out with dads on the fly tonight we uh we always like to come in and see you guys when we're up on vacation i'd love to get to meet you in person we're going to be up uh like we always are in, in the third week of june we yeah. come up and we vacation up there every year so we'll be in a banner we'll out we'll, we'll, sure. we'll swing by the shop for sure Awesome. And uh, uh, if you're send there, me a you may be on the Yeah, you'll probably I'm sure you'll be on the water, but we'll stop well, by and say hey to whoever's in there. If you send me a text, I can be there. But if I'm if you don't send me a text, I can almost assure you I you'll will be not. On the water. Yeah. yeah. So just shoot me a text because I'd love to um I'd love to be there to meet you guys in person. So 
Well, I think that's it, Max. Thanks for thanks for your time, man. And uh, yeah, so where can people find? Yeah, you? let's do What's that. The best place to find you for anybody listening to this podcast, they want to go check out Do South or or you yourself. Yeah, so um, Google us, Do South Outfitters. Um, our Instagram is also Do South Outfitters. You can message us. Uh, probably the easiest and best way to get in contact with us is to email um, my wife at contact at dosouthoutfitters.com. Um, she's on that email all day. So if you need some quick, immediate response and, you know, you want to get a trip, you know, kind of rolling a little bit, that's probably going to be the quickest and easiest way to do that. So, um, email us. Well, I can't thank you enough, man. This is another been an awesome episode of dads on the fly and, uh, do South outfitters right there in the heart of high country, Boone, North Carolina. Go check them out guys. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Max. Yep. Man, what an awesome conversation with Max Beck from Do South Outfitters. I don't know about you, Joshua, but I was just – I was super impressed with him. And uh, it's kind of yeah. cool. I mean, he's like 25 years old. Yeah, I didn't even – I don't, I don't even That's remember how unreal. old he was. We didn't ask him, but I know that just uh, – he's got a great spot right there in Boone. Um, the access they have to so much wild water up there, which is cool that he talks about doing both. Yeah. Um, floating and wading. And, uh, yeah, man, just – it was cool. I thought the episode was awesome. We got – Get off in a little rabbit hole, redfish yeah, talking there for a minute. Cool. Yeah, it's, it's kind of awesome. That he likes to do that. that. Yeah. Well, I think I think that just shows something that you know when you do something every day, day in and day out, it's probably fun for him to go check out redfish. You know, do something else. Do something else. It's kind of like you know we love chasing trout around here because we don't get to do it every day. So <laughs> yeah, I I think what I like most about the their shop and him was that he he's real down to earth. Um, you know, we talk all the time about the non-elitist, and I feel like that's a shop that definitely doesn't feel like that. And it was a shop that started, you know, I kind of got to know the former owners, very, very limited, but, and he's kind of just kept that feel to it, yeah, which is awesome. It's pretty neat. Yeah, and I love uh, I love some of our conversation. It's cool what they do with that uh, Do South Classic, the tournament. I mean, what do you think? Dad's on the Fly Classic coming coming one day to I mean, I don't know how, North Carolina? I, I don't know how much organ I feel like it takes a lot more organization than what he led on to. <laughs> yeah, sure. Like yeah. There's a lot more bells and whistles there oh, that has to happen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sponsorships and everything. It's definitely a cool yeah. idea yeah. that they use public water to do it. Yeah. Um, and the day I saw it done, I mean, it was pretty cool. I was just fishing. Yeah, I think out, that's yeah. a neat thing about their whole shop in general. They, they take people to public water. Yeah. Um, and even though that's getting few and far between, especially in the high country up there, um, we're gave for around here that we we've got pretty good access to most places right now. We got a lot of public water, and uh, I think it's really cool how they do their their shop and mm-hmm. just the whole feel of it when you go in there. Not a huge shop, but it's got everything you need right there. And it's compact, and it was nice to finally meet Max. Other than an Instagram message, and uh, yeah, he turned out to be really cool. And and uh, sounds like they got a great thing going. He went on after our conversation even more to to give us a lot of insight. Um, yeah, he's going to help us out in the future. Help us out, hopefully fishing the the Watauga and yeah, some other things in the future, and some new things. And yeah. that's the thing that I think I want to encourage people um, that are maybe listening to this, especially you guys that are kind of just getting into fly fishing. Like, utilize those guides and those fly shop owners, man. They are. Oh, I, I think that's one of the things I'm learning through this series that we're doing. They're a wealth of knowledge, and most of them are pretty cool enough to want to help you out. Yeah, I mean, just imagine if 
every day me not if I didn't go in every morning or every afternoon have to take care of lesson plans and teach kids. If all yeah. I was doing was looking for trout water, I'd be a wealth of knowledge. Be a wealth of knowledge too. Yeah. So I mean, I think it's yeah. great that that they get to do that, yeah. and I think it's awesome that we can utilize some of them locally. Yeah. Uh, and that's what was cool. I mean, it was very very great. He had he did not have to do that episode with us, and he was uh, really more than happy it. to do that for us. And so taking a, I mean, in a way, he kind of went out on a limb for yeah. little old dads on the fly here. Yeah, I know, and, right? Uh, and, yeah. And I, but I think that's one of the things that's cool that probably those guys appreciate a lot. Um, I don't know. I could be wrong, and I don't want to speak for them. But uh, I feel like for the most part, we're fairly humble, and we kind of admit to the fact that we don't know a lot, and oh, yeah. we're still learning. And so I think if you approach guys who are pros in the industry with that humility, um, that they – they seem to appreciate that a lot more and are more willing to give out information. That may be dad tip of the week right there. Humility on the water and in the household. Yeah, absolutely. Quit quit pretending like we know it all. There's your I struggle with that. Dad, I'll just be honest with you. Dad tip of the week. Humility. Your kids can tell when you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> there you go. Your That's kids a really can good tell. And the older they get, the better they tell. The better they get it. Yeah, that. you that have no totally clue what true. you're doing, Dad. So yep, awesome all, tip. For sure. Um thanks, Max, again. One more thing. Wanna just throw out a it was cold this weekend, but we got on the water for a few we hours did. with a cousin. We got to take our cousin from Alabama out on the water, which throw was that awesome. out there and found some fish for him kind of late in the day. Yeah. Uh, so keep it that in cold, mind. It was cold, though. It was really cold. And we learned that I have a hole in my waders. Yeah. Again. We got to get your waders fixed. Yeah. And probably new waders coming my way. That might be an episode. Yeah. We should probably do an episode on me buying waders. We'll do, no, we'll do the, the waiter search episode. That'll yeah. be great. Maybe uh, in our next interview, we'll I'll probably have a lot of questions with our, so we with can our do, flash yeah. I've got about that. Uh, next week, guys. Be on the lookout for uh, hopefully part another three. local. Yeah, part three. Yeah. Hopefully another. We're going to get that going. Um, but hopefully another local guide is our plan there. And uh, until then, we have anything else? That's it. We'll see you next week for Dads on the Fly. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dads on the Fly. We hope this episode has inspired and encouraged you as a parent or an angler as we wade through the fishing and parenting life on the fly. Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Dads on the Fly and shoot us a message as we always love to hear from you. If you are interested in any Dads on the Fly merchandise, you can find it there as well. Send us a message and we'd be happy to supply you with stickers or t-shirts. If you found this podcast helpful or entertaining, please leave a review on Apple Podcast. Until next time, tight lines.